Hi, Dan. How are you? Hi, Kevin. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Hope you had an enjoyable weekend. Very nice. How about you? I Very nice, too. Um, yeah, hot and some pool weather. So, yeah, enjoyable. Uh, except for the rain, the periods of rain. But uh, every now and then a little rain must fall. Ha, ha, ha. So, <laughs> <laughs> so hello, podcasting world. Uh, welcome to Dan and Kevin, Totally 80s Music. Uh, today... Uh, the topic of our show, it's actually going to be a two-part show, but we're only going to give you part one today and part two uh, this week. Uh, what we're looking at today is the VH1 top 100 songs of the 1980s. And um, MTV for me, Danny, was a little too too skewed as far as what they looked at in the top 100 Um so I went with VH1. Um, I, I, you know, I looked at VH1 compared to some things that MTV had put out, and uh, a lot of their songs kind of actually lined up with um, what MTV and VH1 kind of had some similar lists. So I'm I'm going off the I'm going off the uh, VH1 top 100 uh, songs of the 80s. Um, you people out there in, in podcast listing world, you may have a different opinion on, you know, what may be a top 100 uh, list of the all time 80 songs. But we're going to I'm going to we're going to stick with the VH1 100 greatest songs of the 80s. So, OK, I have I looked at that because I was curious because, you know, me, I want to know the facts behind everything. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was like, well. I was just curious, like, where did they get their, you know, where did it come from as far as how do they rank these songs and stuff? So when I looked at it, I saw oh, they were voted on by viewers prior to the series that they had a poll that was on the VH1 website. So, you know, it just speaks to, you know, at the time, the popularity of what people voted for and those people that decided to answer the poll. So like any poll, you know, you have variety and you have different people liking different things. So this is just one poll that was taken of people that decided what they were voting on. Yes. Yes. So let's get started. All right. All right. Rounding out at number 100 was a 1981 song by Loverboy, Working for the Weekend. Cool. This song, <laughs> I always remember, like, once this became popular... Um, it was a very popular song to play on those ra radio shows, like on Friday afternoons, like whenever oh, it was work. Ab I absolutely remember that. I absolutely <laughs> remember that on one of our local radio stations that they would always play this. And, um, you know, at, at the time when I, when I did get my first job, like this was the song to like listen to on the ride home of, yeah, it's the weekend. Here we go. Woo. <laughs> And, you know, we also talked about this, too. I, I, Even though we're not really focusing on the chart position, I still, in my mind, I have to know what the chart position was for all the songs. It, it just gives me, like, a reference point. It's one thing that I use as a measure. So, you know, it, it's just one fact. Um, this made it to number 29. So it, was, it wasn't, like, a huge hit on the charts. But, again, the people that voted for it love it. And, I mean, as you could probably attest to, as we talked in our other programs, the videos have a lot to do with it too. It's not just the song itself, right? right. Correct. Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah. And it's a it's a it's one one of those songs that you know um, the video, the songs um, that it actually did make a comeback in that episode of Saturday Night Live with uh, Chris Farley and Patrick Swayze with the Chippendales dancers. When yeah. They, when they danced to this and um, everybody just went crazy. So. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to say one comment too. When you when you said this was one of those songs that they played, like we said, for like the end of Friday before the weekend started. There was another song I remember hearing a lot too. Um, it was um, Todd Rudgren's Bang on the Drum. <laughs> That's so wild. I was thinking the same thing. Oh my goodness, love that song. I don't want to work. I want to bang on the drum all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was those kind of popular songs that got people like hyped up for the weekend. Oh, and it still does. Every day I was a tiny boy. I don't need no candy. I don't need no doy. Yeah. There you oh go. My goodness. All right, coming in then at number 99. Everybody have fun tonight by Wang Chung. Um, a catchy little number, but. To me, this was one that kind of like, after a couple times you play it, it'd just be like, oh, all right, enough. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It was, it, it's kind of redundant. And, but it was, you know, it's a fun song that when people are like wanting to just like go crazy and feel good, um, you know, it, it, serves, it serves that purpose, right? And it was one of our number two songs that didn't make it to number one. So there right. <laughs> and the video, the video was kind of interesting. Um, I do think, if I'm not mistaken, he actually did like he kind of like did a little copycat of Peter Gabriel Sledgehammer, but not with like the fake picture, but like of him like like videoing in and out and like circling around and things yes. like that. So mm -hmm. um, it, again, that it was a it was a it was an interesting video. Like I said, it was a catchy song, and you said it was a catchy song, but after a while, you just kind of like, all right, pass. You know, just. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I have to say, I'm a huge Wang Chung fan, like, as far as, like, their whole um, library of music. And, yeah, it's definitely not one of my favorites of theirs, even though it was so popular. Um, a few, couple years earlier, they had a big uh, video hit, um, Dance Hall Days. And I love that song. Fantastic song. Dance Hall Days, definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, for, for you... Everybody have fun tonight. Is that kind of like Starships? We built this city. <laughs> yeah, kind of. It's catchy, and you remember it, and it was popular. But it wouldn't be my first choice if I was like reaching for a, a certain Wang Chung song. Got you. Yeah. All right, coming in at number ninety-eight, uh, another a favorite artist that I had back in the eighties, and I will definitely throw his music on um, whenever I get the chance. My prerogative by Bobby Brown. Hmm. Yep, big number one song for him in 1988. Correct. Um, yes. After the new edition kind of breakup sort of thing, right? Right. Going out on his own. Um, he, had <laughs> great, he had some great albums back in the 80s and, and early 90s, too. So, all right, number 97. Uh, another catchy song, which is a good you know, for me, I really enjoyed the song. It's a great jam out tune. It's the romantics, what I like about you. Yeah. Um, right at the beginning of the decade, 1980, when this came out, they were considered one of the forefronts of new wave music because new wave was just really starting to explode 
right at the end of the 70s into the early 80s. Um, but again, I want to mention, you know, like this, it's interesting because they had a m much, much bigger hit three years later, um, Talking in Your Sleep, yeah. all the way to number three. That made it to number three on the charts. And here we are. What I like about you was only like a 40, number 49 kind of hit, but it apparently resonated so much more for people that voted for it. Yes. And, and I think... I think what I like about you was that the beat, the lyrics, just the let's get up and dance type of sound that it had was typical of the 80s, um, like the harmonica part, uh, you know, in there and the, you know, the, the guitar riff and then the, the harmonica. It just was one of those jamming songs that was typical of the 1980s. So I think... I think that's why it, it where it, it fell within this top 100. Sure. All right. Coming in at number 96, our boys from Australia, Mike, Men at Work Down Under. Yeah. One of their uh, big hits, two number one hit in 1981. Um, definitely a staple on MTV, watching those Men at Work videos. You know, it was fun to watch them. Yeah. I come from a London and uh... <laughs> all right, coming in at number ninety-five. Um, and I'll be I'll be honest. I I I liked I liked her music. I really did. Um, she she had some she had some good she had some good songs. Her and well, I I'll I'll admit it. Her and Tiffany. I I, I were I were I was fans and I did listen to the music, uh, but coming in at number ninety five is Debbie Gibson's "Only in My Dreams." Yeah, you, it's funny you bring up Tiff because I always had this sort of thing going on in my mind: uh, Debbie Gibson versus Tiffany, kind of. Yes, you know. Correct. But I'm a Debbie Gibson fan all the way. I'm not as big as a Tiffany fan. I would clearly choose Debbie over Tiffany, no matter what. Okay. Because um, I was playing a lot of uh, dance remixes at this time. Um, and when she came out with this song and then her subsequent hits as well, there was some really awesome remixes of her songs and I really got into them. Tiffany, um, even though she had a couple dance hits, but, um, I don't know. I just thought that Debbie Gibson was more, uh, a little more, I don't know, not refined cause she was a teenager too, but I don't know, whatever it was, I just liked her more, but that's, just I, I think. I think Debbie Gibson's songs had a little more meaning. She was her, her, she could get a little more deep in some of the things that she recorded. That's true. Especially uh, ballads. Yeah. You, you know, where Tiffany was the more, um, some of her earlier stuff was more like, we're at the mall. This is what <laughs> we, as we, as we walk around the mall and, you know, girls of our age at that time with, you know, Tiffany's age was we're hanging out at the mall. We have the eighties hairdo, you know, th you know, things like that. So I, I think that's, that's probably, if I'm not mistaken, where you might be going with Debbie Gibson versus Tiffany, because I do think Debbie Gibson has a lot of songs that are much, that go much deeper. She could, she had a greater depth of, songs and the the meaning of her songs than than tiffany did yeah i agree and i think what kind of what i was saying too she became much more well respected in the dance club community right she yes clubs and stuff really dug her music whereas um like there were only maybe a couple tiffany songs that they might have wanted to play but she became much more established in the dance club community so that's partly what i was saying yeah sure all right, number 94, 
one of my all-time favorite artists back in 1981, Start Me Up by the Rolling Stones. Wait, did you look again? Wait, oh. Was only in my dreams. That was you said that was, that was 95. 94 Start Me Up by the Rolling Stones. Okay. Cool. Um, I know you're a big Rolling Stones fan. Yes. Yes. Great, great, great song. And uh I I mean one of their one of their theme songs that, you know, um whenever you're anywhere and you say I want to hear the stones, Start Me Up is one that you definitely want to request. Uh, you know, to get things get things going. Yeah, I remember that video. Yes, correct. I right, number number ninety three was it uh, was from nineteen eighty, and that was Cars by Gary Newman. Are you there, Dan? Hold on one second. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. That's okay. Go ahead. What, what you, what, so we were at number 93. That was Cars by Gary Newman. Yeah, again, a, a huge new wave movement that was going on, like I mentioned earlier. This was the end of the 70s, 79 into the early 80s. And he's considered one of the forefronts of the electro, electronic synthesizer explosion of new wave music that was coming on the scene at the time. Okay. All right. Number 92. Uh, this was back in 1988, and I believe this is from a group that you actually would go, <laughs> when I mentioned them. Um, but that is, you got it, the right stuff by NKOTB or New Kids on the Block. And if you're listening anywhere out there, Donnie Wahlberg, I love you, and I definitely have a big man crush on Donnie Wahlberg. So, too bad, Danny, I said it, and there. So I hear that on the NKOTB. But anyway. <laughs> I, well, yeah, I had crushes on those boys too. But uh, <laughs> the music, no, I just, it was so cheesy to me. And I just did not. Oh, oh. Cheesy, cheesy. Oh, you're killing me. <laughs> oh. All right. Number 91. Um, another favorite by me. Um, and, and, and this this group had, had a couple other other good hits that I that I got into. Um, this was Kat Katrina and the Waves, "Walking on Sunshine." Yeah, number nine hit that exploded on the radio, and it's I I love this song too because if if you if you're kind of feeling down or depressed or you need to pick me up, this song is just an instant boost, a mood boost that makes you feel good when you listen to it. Yes, absolutely correct. Yeah. So that's number ninety one. Number 90 was a song in 1989 by Tone Loke, and that was Wild Thing. <laughs> yeah, another one of those climbed really far up the charts, made it to number two, and it was big in the dance community. And um, I'm trying to remember the video. Oh, yeah, now I can remember it. Now I yeah. Remember. Yeah. Um, Tone Loke, did, he did a lot of sampling. Um I would have to say he was one of the kings of taking uh, of sampling music from other artists and incorporating him into his into his music. Sure, he definitely was, and it's another one of those like instant party songs because again, from my DJing days, um, if you wanted to get the crowd going and crazy, you know, dancing and moving around, if you played this song, it really did the trick. <laughs> Co correct, correct. So. 
All right, that brings us to number 89, which is another good, oh, another great group that I like, especially Chrissy Hine, The Pretenders, and that song is called Brass in Pocket. Yes, I'm special, so special. And it was a another one of the, here we are again, because it was at the beginning of the 80s, it came out in 1979, went to number 14, and it was a, they were considered another pioneer of new wave music that was entering into the United States. Um, and it was different too, because as you mentioned, this was a group of guys that were being led by a female singer. Right. Which was kind of rare. Yes. And, and I mean, like I said, I've, I love Chrissy Hine and the Pretenders. Um, you know, this song, Brass and Pocket, is a favorite of mine. Another all-time favorite by the pretend Chrissy Hine and the Pretenders is definitely Back in the Chain Game. Yeah, I love it too. That's a great tune. Very good. Yes. Very, very good. Very good too. Um, Katrina and the waves again, you know, uh, you, like you said, female, female lead singer, Katrina and the waves, and then Chrissy Hine and the pretenders. Yeah, they were, they were definitely, they were definitely, you know, broke the way for some of the later artists that we talked about uh, of the eighties, um, you know, to pave the path, uh, you know, for them. And uh, just, just a fantastic group love the pretenders really do yeah but they definitely you know as some groups don't go on like katrina the waves kind of fizzled whereas the pretenders you know rock and roll hall of famer kind of thing they're, they're like considered just incredible musicians that stood through the decades of of time kind of thing. correct yeah. correct all right coming in at number 88 Another favorite, and definitely a favorite of yours, especially in the dance scene, that's our girl Shaka Khan with Ain't Nobody. Oh, my God. Such a great song. Um, and then again, it was kind of, I think this was with Rufus when she was still kind of doing music with Rufus. And um, in the early 80s, it's, I'm just shocked that people, like I thought people would have chosen I Feel For You because that was such a huge hit a couple years later. Right, um, but I, I mean Shaka, Shaka Khan, but but I guess this sort of has that sort of like the origins of her explosion onto the pop chart. So, yeah. Yes. All right, coming in at number eighty-seven would be "Rock Me Amadeus" by Falco. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit before too. Because talked was, about that. Yes, one of our number one songs we talked about from eighty-five to eighty-six type of thing, um, and that whole. Thing about you know kind of honoring mozart and it was a very unique song like we talked about it was very different for the times um and it kind of had a sort of a you could almost say a little bit of german rap going on in it <laughs> <laughs> right yes and i know you had mentioned uh i don't think we talked about it in any of our shows but i know you had mentioned that he had some mind-blowing like mixes of this one. Oh yeah the one salieri mix well, I, you might have heard it because it's one of the it's what they ended up playing more on the radio after the original was put on um, the, that one I'm talking about adds in that narration that you remember the guy talking yeah. about oh. Mozart and, and yeah, and the years and stuff that wasn't in the original version. But once they put that in, I think that even added a little more to the, the popularity of the song. Wow. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Amazing. <laughs> All right, coming in at number 86, which kind of leaves me scratching my head a little bit, and I'm thinking, wow, how'd this get one in there? The good old group Bow Wow Wow from 1982, I Want Candy. 
<laughs> yeah, you're scratching your head because like you said, I'm a numbers guy. I'm like, oh my God, this only made it to 62 on the charts. Like it didn't have a huge amount of like po popularity as far as being, but I guess it became a staple. And again, I'm going to go back. I'm going to keep saying it because they were also considered from Europe, one of the big uh, new wave artists. So it was another example of this new wave that was coming through into the United States. And I think that had given some of the push that it had. So, okay. All right. Number 85, um, a, a great tune, uh, a great, uh, great musician, great, great singer. Uh, lost him too soon. 1985, Robert Palmer's Addicted to Love. Yep. Huge number one song for him. And again, we, I think we talked about, because this is also one of the number ones during that period of 85, 86. And we talked about the video and how amazing that was. Yes. Mine as well. Face it. You're addicted to love. Have you, have you come across any, any mixes to this one? Because I, I would think that this would be one that, that they would, if there were mixes out there of addicted to love, that this would be like a booming one for a big, for a party or for a wedding. That's I'm funny you say that because yeah, it's not one of those songs that really had a lot of remixes made for it. There's one kind of standard extended version of it, which doesn't, you know, fray go too much away from the original sound of it, um, which is pretty good. But then, yeah, it was never one of those songs that like, was meant to be like a club version song, so it never really did get that treatment. Okay, yeah. I just just wondering if you, if you ever find any, let me know because I'd be interested. I'd be interested to hear them. I really yeah. would. All right. Coming in at number eighty four was by a man that we did a lot of talking about with with number ones and his dominance on the pop charts, whether as a solo artist or with his group, that's Lionel Richie in 1983 with all night long, all, all night. Oh yeah. Very catchy. And I mean, talk about dance. This, this got everybody moving and dance in this kind of song. Right? It, did. it did. And and still today, another a popular wedding song. Yes. Played, definitely. Yeah. definitely played, played at a lot of weddings. All right. Coming in at 83, um, an artist that I'm sure, hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, that we may be talking about in a later podcast uh, from 1986, that would be Kiss by Prince. Yeah, and we talked about this as a, again, in our 1985-86 senior year um, of high school, um, that this was one of those big number ones in the video. And um, yeah, just Prince, there's so much more to say, which we can, like I said, talk about that at some later time absolutely absolutely all right coming in at number 82 was uh, the group squeeze from uh 1981 the song tempted oh okay um just like i kind of did with uh new kids on the block oh um, come on really i do, do not care for for squeeze at all um oh my god Gosh, man, how are we friends anymore? No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> they just don't, I just don't get it with their their sound, and I'm not crazy. There's a couple songs like Tempted, that you mentioned, and Hourglass, which was a bigger hit in the later movies. Oh, my goodness. You know, Take it to the bridge, throw it overboard, see if it's in. <laughs> ah, no. yes. No, I'm just I'm not a big fan of Squeeze. Oh, never was. So. Oh. <laughs> um, if I'm not mistaken, I have to look this up. I do have to do some research on this the, uh, research only because I remember Tempted was definitely used in a commercial 
And why am I thinking? I know it was anticipation was Heinz ketchup, but I'm thinking tempted was tempted was used. I'm not sure if it was a ketchup commercial, but later on, um, late, later on, a few years ago, this song definitely appeared in a commercial, but I can't remember which one it was. Well, I'm looking it up as you speak, just to help you out here. I, I don't remember it either. I'm seeing um, two commercials. Ah. I'm seeing Heineken commercial. Yes, it was. That was the one I remember it from. Okay. Heineken. What else? I, an, I see Gap broken in jeans. Wow. Hmm. I did not know. The Heineken one, I definitely remember. I definitely remember the Heineken commercial. Tempted yes. by the fruits of another. No. Tempted by the fruits <laughs> of another. What's been going on? Oh, Danny. Ugh, didn't even make it to the top 40. Sorry. Uh, oh, sure. <laughs> Got to base it on making it to the top 40. Sure. No. Uh, all right. Coming in at number number 81 from 1986. This is Cameo's Word Up. Oh, now, now we're talking. Word Up. Funk. <laughs> we got the funk coming yeah. in now in the top 40, all the way to number six. Um, and yeah, this was a huge hit. I remember because it was my freshman year of college, and this was like a huge dance hit. Yes. Great, great tune. Great tune. W O R D up. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. That's hilarious. Oh. And then right behind right above that at number 80. Oh, I I'll never forget rocking out to college to this one. And mm -hmm. I seriously have I seriously have every remix of this song. I think that may have ever been produced, but this is It Takes Two by Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock. I'll never forget going to frat parties and having this blaring on the, blaring on the whoever was mixing the tune, throwing the tunes together and mixing them in. We would go nuts to this song. I, I, to this day, I will go crazy with this song. And I feel like I was like back, I feel like I'm back in college like I'm 21, 20 years old, and I put all my windows down, and this just pumps out of my car, and the people look at me like, "How old are you now?" But ah, uh, what it, what? I, this is such a great tune. I love this song. I really love this song. Oh, I agree with you. I, I'm going to say the same thing that it was another one of those. Even more than Tone Loke, I knew that if I really wanted to get the crowd going crazy and moving, if you put this song on, definitely just. Yeah. Just oh. from the start and that bass line and that the sound effects in it. And it just, and it was sampled so many more times for songs that came after it, that whole track, yep. you know? Yep. Um, but yet, and here I am with my numbers, but I don't understand. See, this is what I understand. Like, word up before that, all the way to number six on the charts, it takes two only went to 36. And I don't get it because it just, to me, like, I mean, if you'd go to a party, what would you hear more often? Word up or it takes two? And I would say it takes two. Correct. And, and maybe maybe at the time, I think, Danny, because it was considered maybe like a dance type hip hop song that it wasn't very popular, especially on some radio stations. But again, you and I, you and I being the music people that we are, we knew that this song rocked and that it was it was definitely the bomb back in the day. I and, like the Whopper, the Big Mac. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, Absolutely. I like the Whopper Blank, the Big Mac. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, oh, it's a fact. Like I said, to this day, I will still 
still listen to this. And this, like I said, this one takes me back to my college days. It's just, wow. I, I just, oh my goodness. And like mm-hmm. you said, where, where it falls in the charts again, it's just, it's just mind blowing, but it's, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely a song that will get you off your seat and on the floor for that's, sure. That's for sure. Definitely. Yep. All right. Coming in at number 79, Human League, Don't You Want Me? Yeah, um, their first big number one in the United States. And again, considered to be one of the top, probably top five even, new wave artists new that influenced the whole sound of the early 80s in the United States. Um, they, were, they were huge, and they had obviously some other huge hits as well. Right. All right. Number 78. Wow. Blondie from 1980. Call me. Yep. One of their first number one songs. And I have the, I remember buying the 45 of this song and playing it over and over. And um, I've, it will actually ever since um, their uh, Parallel Lines album with Heart of Glass in 78, I became such a huge fan of Blondie. Um, and again, here's our, you know, female lead vocalist of a bunch of guys in a band. Um, and again, she's just phenomenal and huge, and she's gone decades as such a huge icon in rock music. And if I'm not mistaken, I do believe it was last week or two weeks ago she just celebrated her 75th birthday. That's right, Debbie Harry. I remember seeing that. Yeah. Okay. All right. In number 77, uh, when we talked about Bobby Brown, we had mentioned this group. This was from 1983, New Edition, Candy Girl. Yes. Now, for some reason, I I like this song better. Like, well, I guess if I had to choose between, I'm putting a new edition versus new kids on the block. I would choose new edition. Um, and I just, they just had that kind of real, like R and B kind of funky sound to them. They, they um, did, and I I love new edition. And in fact, I was very happy when I guess in the mid '90s when they actually brought them back together. Even without Bobby Brown, they still sounded fresh when they came when they came back together, and they 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 really they did put out some some good tunes. Again, maybe not not chart toppers, but um, still had that new edition sound from the '80s, and it was just you know wow. You know, yeah. I, if it isn't love, made it was a definite huge comeback song for them. Um, you know, they they had again in the mid '90s. They they came back. They they had some. They put out some good music. Yeah, they they were really good. I enjoyed them too. It's funny though you, when you think about how they you saw them mature because you go from Candy Girl with their like prepubescent voices, Candy Girl, with that high pitch, <laughs> you know, and then later when they've matured and they become full grown men, um, and they really got like that cool R and B, you know, kind of sound. Right, unbelievable. All right, at number seventy-six. Oh, ah, everybody! I, every, you know, everybody says this to me because I'm a science teacher. But Thomas Dolby's nineteen eighty-two, she blinded me with science. Yeah, huge hit, number five hit, and he another one of these. He's considered a huge uh, pioneer in the electronic new wave sound of the early eighties. Most people, you know, that only know him by this one song. He had he had some other tracks that um, well hyperactive was a top forty song he had that was pretty good, um, but then he has a lot of other kind of new wave hits that you know those people have to be true new wave followers like I am so I know some of his other stuff, 
But this is that one song that just, you know, put him on the map on the pop charts for sure. Good heavens, Mrs. Komoto. You're beautiful. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Number 75, another artist that we, uh, an artist that we had already mentioned, 1983's Prince's Little Red Corvette. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't maybe look closely enough, but he's definitely one of the few on this, the VH1's top 100 here that's on here more than one time. Yes. Um, and it makes sense because he's Prince. And um, this is really that, this is the first song that, I believe, wasn't this the first song that really like... Set it off. Yep. Yeah, set it off. Yep. 1999 didn't do quite as well. It was good. But then this one was where he really like showed that he was here to stay and he was going to just be a force to be reckoned with. Correct. Absolutely. And, you know, um, as as he went through, uh, you know, he, his style, his style just changed with, with with the times that he was able to keep up with the times and not fade away. It was amazing. Mm. Amazing. All right. Number 74. Good tune by 19 from 1987. George Michael's face. Yeah, we talked about him a little bit. He him being um, one of the best selling artists of the entire 80s between his solo work and Wham! Um, and this song being the number one song of the year, 1987, the whole year, this was it. And this album just was huge. Right. Yes, it was. It, it, and it was, a, it was a very good album. Very good album. Excellent. Um, okay, for number 73, which, again, going, going ahead of Faith and, and some, of the, some other songs, was Nana's 99 Luftballoons. Yeah, um, we mentioned that a little too because it's one of those songs that got stuck at number two. Um, so it, you know, it really did well in the United States on the charts. It went all the way up to, except you know to number two, and the video with the balloons and her and it with her German speaking voice. And um, again, it was she's kind of like a new wavy kind of artist. So catchy. That's another thing. It's very catchy. It is. You know? It de it definitely is. All right, coming in at number 72, another fantastic group that I really like, The Fix, and that's One Thing Leads to Another. Yep, and again, early 80s, and it was number four song, and it was another one of the new wave bands um, considered, you know, they, they did really well in college radio and new wave radio, um, and this was by far their, their biggest hit of all their songs, um, and it, another one of those really catchy riffs that goes on in the song with the guitar and um, I really loved it. I do like their music a lot. Yes. All right. Coming in at number 71. Uh, this artist was just uh, unbelievable. And Rick uh, Chappelle, Dave Chappelle's imitation of this artist is fantastic. And I laugh all the time when I watch when they do, when they would, he would do like the spoof of the VH1 real stories. This is Rick James Super Freak. <laughs> I remember roller skating to this song. That's what I remember. <laughs> there you go. I'm Rick James, bitch. <laughs> oh my goodness. Funny. Yeah, it, it was a modest hit. It went to number 16, and the but it was much bigger on the R&B charts, of course. Correct. And of, um, of course, we know that, that his beat was then taken by another artist in 1990, I believe it was 90, to become a fantastic, unbelievable hit that really catapulted this artist onto the scene and that was uh mc hammers can't touch this yeah i remember that yeah <laughs> yeah 
All right, coming in at number 70, another pioneer. Back in 1981, Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, I Love Rock and Roll. Yes, again, with that the female rocker lead singer with her band of guys. And um, this also, you know, it's a huge record of holding at number one. We talked about this with how it kept out a lot of songs in number two. This was number one for eight weeks on the chart. I mean, that's just phenomenal. Yes. Standing power of this song. It just it just moved a generation. It was just like that anthem for like the youth and the teenagers of America. Right. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Saw him standing there by the record machine. <laughs> and she was she was a fantastic guitar player. Fantastic. Oh, yes. Yes. And she was just she's just oozed. She was like fierce and cool. She was just that cool chick kind of woman that just, you know, you don't mess with her and she just rocked it out. Right. And I remember later on in the 80s, her and Michael J. Fox, they did a, a movie about them being in a band and they did a cover, a Bruce Springsteen cover song, Night of Day. Oh, yes. I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Good. Um, she really ripped it up on that song on the guitar part. She really, she she really had a great, you know. And it was funny because she did all the singing and Michael J. Fox did all the lip syncing. So it was yeah. amazing. It was and I do want to. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going. There was something else about her. Another song I wanted to mention. Go ahead. A, oh, yeah. I mean, we talked. This was. Uh, I was this an original song? This I love rock and roll. I can't remember. Was it written? No, was I believe I love rock and roll was a cover, but I'm not exactly sure who did it first. Okay, yeah, I think you're right. But but I guess cause she was good with um, covers then because I, I think we might have briefly mentioned this, but you know a lot of times an artist does covers and it's not always you, know, you kind of like the original. But I thought her version of Crimson and Clover was brilliant. And it was great, fantastic. Shut yeah, just... la 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 la, Crimson and Clover. Oh yeah. Right person, yeah, she was the right person to do that, I thought. so. Correct. Yeah. All right, coming in at number 69, another group that just that blows me away that I, I really love. I really love listening to them, and I wish they would come back and make some more music, but that was R.E.M. It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. Hmm. Yeah, another one of those like uh, college radio. This was big when we were in college. Um, I have to mention this because of the numbers guy. You know what's interesting? You said this was number sixty nine on their on the VH1 chart. Yeah. Guess guess what chart position it reached on the United States? Number sixty nine on the oh top. That how odd is that? That's interesting. Yeah, it's crazy. And this song is used a lot for like that the whole like um, the apocalypse and you know the and you know with nuclear disaster and yeah. it has that message about the world ending and everything so and, it's often used for that and i and i know at one time um like right after 911 a lot of radio stations banned banned this from being played on the air um wow. because it did it, it caused a lot of you know upset feelings and things of people people here in the united states um when it was played and a lot of you know a lot of stations around the around the country um just just refused refused to play it um sure. The events that took place during 9-11 so yeah i could understand that in the sense that it's we didn't want to have that message we wanted to be able to bounce back and say we're we're you know we're going to become better and moving on not like this is the end of it all so yeah correct all right number 68 by a group ah 
and again, um, you know, you and I had talked about our musical, our likes, and and how we could go from one end to the spectrum to another. Um, this by far is one of my favorite rap artist group, um, Chuck D, and of course the flamboyant Flava Flav. Yeah, boy. Public enemies fight the power. <laughs> wow. Spike Lee original do the right thing with him and Danny Aiello. Yeah. Yeah, definitely one of the uh, it kind of speaks to how incredibly influential they were because I mean this was clearly, you know, your rap hip hop kind of thing and it didn't chart at all and then you know, you know, for as far as the, the one hot one hundred, but I it had such an influential um uh, it's just an influence on music at the, of the time and what was being, what was happening. And um, it, just a big force to be reckoned with. Yes. Yes. So again, um, definitely, definitely one of my favorite, favorite rap artists. Um, seriously, uh, on my bucket list, Chuck D and Flavor Flav would be two guys that I would love to meet someday in person that I could cross off, off my list. Um, you know, I just think Chuck D, his some of his lyrics and the way he brings some things across are just just mind blowing. And I, I just I would really love to meet Chuck D one day if I could. Oh, cool. Oh, yes. All right. Number 67, uh, Ario Speedwagon. Keep on loving you. Yeah. Huge number one ballad in 1981 and really um, kind of blew. They were around for a little while, but this really put them into superstardom. Yes. Right. And it was, again, you know, um, my goodness, this was uh, like a breakup. This is like a breakup ballad that especially in junior high when, you know, your, your girlfriend, you know, my friends that had girlfriends and they would always like listen to this one about keep on loving you. And oh, my goodness. And, and, <laughs> and I'd be like, um, do you know that we're like 13 or 14 years old? So, um, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Um, okay, coming in at number 66 was Depeche Mode, and that was Just Can't Get Enough. Yeah, there you go. Oh, well, I can't help, I can't hold back because yeah. you already know this is one of my all time favorite groups. Um, Before you get into it, I'll never forget on one of the local radio stations, they did not have, they did not know how to pr pronounce Depeche Mode, and they called it Depeche Mode. And then mm. It was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it is. It's it's French, and I took French in high school. So, because um, Depeche, um, the, the verb, like means to hurry or to rush, um, or like you know to be fast. So it's like this, and mode is like fashion. So it was kind of like literally fast fashion was then was what Depeche mode means. Um, but this this was one of those groups that you discover for the first time, and it like blows you away and you're you're a fan of theirs ever since so we're talking this song didn't chart and you know um, but it was kind of their kind of a breakthrough in a way um biggest like video presence that they started with when they were really young um they were of course huge synth pop uh artists that brought in the new wave and i always say depeche mode when i first got a sony walkman and oh, this... Sony Walkman. Did yours have auto reverse? Yes. Oh, me too. The greatest yeah. thing ever. Yeah. And I will never forget. It wasn't this song because I got this on. They have an album called Catching Up with Depeche Mode that 
I got this song on. But the first one I had was, um, which is one of their, which is their biggest United States hit. Well, I guess their second biggest after um, Enjoy the Silence was um, People Are People. And that's what oh, I used to play over and over. Oh my goodness, wow. People like, so why should it be? Love that tune. Yeah, I saw Depeche Mode in concert. I was actually, it was my first musical concert with one of my good friends. I saw OMD open for Depeche Mode in Philadelphia. And I, you know, my first concert ever. And it was just, it, it was mind blowing. And lucky just, you know, Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Astish. <laughs> All right. All right. Coming in at number 65, Foreigner. I want to know what love is. Oh, such a pretty, beautiful rock ballad. Yep. Number one song. Yeah. Lou Graham. I want to know what love is. Yeah, great voice. And in '84, they had they had they had a few hits back in in you know in '84. So. Yeah, this was a huge album that I keep from at the time. Yeah. Yeah. All right, '64 was Paula Abdul's "Straight Up." <laughs> Uh, what do you want me to say about this? Yeah, um, you. Exactly. Like I said, promise of a new day. <laughs> video. Make me melt. All right, move on. No, no, that's okay. I don't mean to be. I'm just. No, I'm saying me move on. Yeah. Oh, really? Really? Absolutely. She was cute and she had catchy songs for a little while there and it was great. Yeah, I mean, um, I, straight up was kind of corny. I, you know, I wasn't, uh, you know, I, I was kind of more, I mean, I like the song Opposites Attract. That was, and the, because of the video, with Scat Cat was 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 pretty good, um, mm -hmm. and then Keanu Reeves in Hush Hush, he was in that video, um, you know. But straight up, I wasn't. Eh, I was okay. <laughs> I would, you know, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't run up to the DJ and make this one of my requests if he asked me for, you know, give me your top one hundred eighty songs. I wouldn't. I don't think I'd be throwing straight up in there. But anyway. And I I have to admit, though, I admire her more for her um, choreography skills. Correct. She was a huge choreographer, a cheerleader choreographer, and um, remember her little appearance in uh, Janet Jackson's Nasty video that she choreographed. And, I mean, I respect her highly for that because she knows her stuff. But she wanted to, you know, do something on her own like this and break through, and she did it. So good for her. Absolutely. All right, moving on to number 63. Oh, we we definitely not yet on podcast, but in conversations that we had, we talked about this group, Whip It by Devo at number sixty three. Ah, yep, again, new wave, right in the beginning of the decade. You know, it's like the Human League, and and Devo is one of them that just brought in this whole like different sound of of kind of of music, and it was unique, and they had synthesizers and sound effects. And of course, their whole look and their, their their visuals were just out there and just blew the minds. Totally, totally blew the minds. And I'll never forget, like in this video, when you know the 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 symbol part, when you know when they started it, and oh my goodness, and the 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 video was just bizarre with them using like using the whip and the people, the the lady eating the pie and everything like that, and um, yeah. it, you know wasn't there a guy and a girl and I think she had crossed eyes and he hit her with the whip and her eyes went back to normal. Like it was just, yeah. it was just like, it was just like, this is so weird, but it's awesome. You yeah, know? Yeah. 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 Totally. Totally awesome. So, all right. Coming in at number 62, 
we definitely talked about this song before in an earlier podcast. This is Berlin's Take My Breath Away. Oh, that's another one of those songs I could just, whenever it would come on, I just, I could just sit back and just listen to the song. It's so hauntingly beautiful. It is. And every time I hear it, I want to get on a motorcycle and just drive along a road like Tom Cruise did in Top <laughs> Yeah, with my leather, um, with my leather fly jacket, white t-shirt, and jeans. <laughs> and I think I did mention this when we were talking about this being a number one song from our that year of '86. But um, Berlin had been around for a little while. They were again another new wave artist that had lots of like new wave college type of hits um, that I really enjoyed. But then this is where they they kind of broke broke through with their pop sound. Right, and I do remember us talking about that. Absolutely. Well. Absolutely. So, all right, coming in at number 61. Oh, this is a, uh, well, Sticks, Mr. Roboto. <laughs> you like this song? Um, No. I was going to say, because a lot of even like Sticks fans thought they, they hated this song. They, yes. they sold out. Like this was, what are they doing? Correct. I, I agree. When they had many hits, many, many better, better hits. Well, and again, I guess, you know, early 80s. Um, you know, just so, you know, some some greater songs, and then when you hear this one, it's like Domo Arigato, Mr. Roboto, Domo Domo. Like, come on, really? But, but people loved it. It went to number three. It was a huge hit. Yeah. It, yeah. Wow, amazing, totally amazing. All right, in number sixty. Wow, I definitely remember this one. Young MC Bust a Move. Yeah, I always in my mind it's it was close to around the same time that Tone Loke was out as well. So this this whole thing about these like single rap hip hop artists that were really kind of breaking over, breaking through on the pop charts. Right. Another one of those huge kind of like get people on the floor dancing kind yeah. of song. If you want it, you got it. Oh my goodness. All right, number 59. Boy, I remember listening to this song and if you didn't sing along or when you first got your driver's license, if you were a, a person of the '80s and had, you know, heard this song and sang along to it, I just, I don't know. Maybe there was something wrong. But this was John Mellencamp's "Jack and Diane." Yeah, just a little tiny hit that he had. Um, tiny, back yes, tiny. <laughs> number one, huge smash. And I have to say this, and I know you you're gonna have something to say, but um, well, first of all, what you said about the song to sing to it. It, it's one of those songs that, like, as soon as you listen to it, it just brings you back oh. to that your teenage years and those feelings that you had when you were young. And the video is so reminiscent of that. Like, if I go back and watch the video, it will take me back to the 80s to say, oh, my God. Like, I remember, like, being a teenager, being a kid, doing, you know, doing certain things, not so much of what was going on in the video. But just the video, even, even when you put the video on it, it definitely takes you back in time. It's yeah, a song that um, to steal another song makes you do the time warp. So, yeah, that that but it does. It, people that did have some kind of, um, you know, crush on somebody or was dating somebody, that young love type of feeling that this song emits. It's just or um, absolutely correct. The other thing I want to say about it is, and I, um, he's one of very few artists, I in my opinion, that um, has that that pure Americana sound 
that to like the, just the American feeling, the American dream, the, what it means to be an American. I will speak to, of course, I think Mr. Bruce Springsteen definitely has the you know has that going for him for sure. But I think John Mellencamp is another one of those artists that just knows the heart of America. Absolutely, uh, uh, and you you definitely hear it later on when he did Little Pink Houses. It's oh yeah. Amazing. yeah, amazing. He's a fantastic artist, John Mellencamp. Yeah. Fantastic. For sure. Okay, coming in at number fifty-eight. Do 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 you really want to hurt me? Do yeah. you really want to make me cry? Come Boy, can you? Are you Boy Kevin or Boy I, George? I think I, I could be Boy Kevin today, sure. <laughs> yeah, this was a number two hit, Smash in 82, again with like that whole scene coming in the early 80s with New Wave stuff. Um, and they explode on the scene around the same time Duran Duran did. And um, they just had a ton of hits in the early 80s. Um, and it's one of those really catchy kind of tunes for sure. Okay. All right. Number 57, definitely a catchy, a catchy tune. And you would always catch yourself singing it while she was singing it. This is Tony Basil's Mickey. <laughs> yeah, I always remember the video of the cheerleaders because she was yeah. <laughs> do your routines to cheers to the song and Correct. that whole girls are in having a crush on Mickey. <laughs> yeah, oh boy. <laughs> All righty. Coming in at number 56, another song that we had mentioned in an earlier podcast. This is Bonnie Tyler's Total Eclipse of the Heart. Yeah, another one of those like stuck at number one for weeks because people just loved it so much. And um, that her raspy voice and that whole ballad style and it just ri it does like rip into your heart, this kind of song. Yes. Once upon a time I was falling in love, but now I'm only falling apart. Nothing I could say, a total eclipse of the heart. Yeah, absolutely. One of those breakup songs when you're a teenager, you listen uh, to bad. Okay. <laughs> Which I heard a lot of back in my teenage years and, and actually in my college years. So, yeah, it kind of stuck with me. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> coming in at number 55, another group, uh, you know, 1982, um, just a blowaway gr group, uh, especially the song and the video, Flock of Seagulls, I Ran So Far Away. Yep. Yet another one. It's interesting because a lot of these songs, as we've been saying, are kind of that early 80s new wave movement that was happening. That whole new wave synth pop sound that I love, that I adore. Yeah. Um, and I just love them. And I, again, I was another one of those followers of them for, forever. Like not just because a lot of people just know them as the Iran people that sang. But like they have had a lot of music ever since. And they, they never really lost their that kind of... Um, spacey ethereal kind of synth pop sound that i love sure yeah. but yeah this was and this was this is also another video that you would be glued to the tv too it was fantastic it's oh and the hairdo that's they never talk the lead singer's hair yeah absolutely yep. <laughs> yes and i think we had some classmates back in the day that we you know the time that we graduate that tried to imitate that hair yeah, i remember yes <laughs> Um, All right, coming in at number 54, um, another a, a female hip-hop rap type art type group, um, Salt and Peppa with Push It. Yep, here's another one of my staple songs that if I wanted to get the people moving, uh, you know, It Takes Two and Tone Loke and Young MC, and then this song, just people could not stay still to this song. It just made... Baby, baby, 
the, the <laughs> baby. Yeah. Yeah, they were cool. Those two, Salt and Pepper, were just, they, well, three they, of them really. But, um, yeah. I remember a few years ago um, in where I'm at, in my hometown, DJ Spinderella came and she did a, she, she did like a little like hour and a half, two hour concert at one of the local establishments here in town. Oh, cool. Yeah. I was going to say, cause she was the third of the three really. Yes. To meet up this. Yeah. Yeah. They were really cool. They Just... were, they were really cool. They were, they were totally cool. Totally. <laughs> cool. All right. Coming in at number 53, Another guy who was probably a staple of the 80s, whether you saw his music or just some of the facial images, facials that he would make and the hair that he wore. That's good old Billy Idol and White Wedding. Yeah, with that gruntle face lip thing going on. Um, Did this one have a lot of mixes, Dan? No. See this one really not having anything? Wow. No, it didn't really have it. There's like, because really the song White Wedding is a, it was a huge, uh, or not huge, but I should say, but a, a long, there's like, this is really part one when you hear it on the radio, there's like parts to the song. So it's a, one of those like kind of um, epic songs that you can go for like 15 minutes. Um, sure. You know, you're only listening to the shorter version of it when it's on the radio or the video. Um, but no, it's not, it wasn't really made into, it's not a very, dancey club kind of song although you mean you could dance to it but it wasn't considered that type of song okay great great information great information so i won't look for any mixes on this one all right number 52 uh, 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 another song that was just mind-blowing by dead or alive you spin me around like a record now, now we're talking a real true club dance song yes oh for sure you yeah, be right round, baby, right round like a wrecking. Oh my goodness! I want your love. Wow, great, great song. Yes, <laughs> and great dance too. Great For dance. Sure. All right, our last song that we're going to cover today in our first episode of VH1's Top 100 uh, of the 80s is a song that actually has made a comeback on the charts because of a popular commercial um, by an auto insurance company. And this is Rats Round and Round. Mm. Number, I, I can't say much. Number 12 song, 1984. Um, that hair, hair metal, hair rock kind of band stuff. Yes. Wasn't my kind of, wasn't my sound really, wasn't something uh, I was really into. Love, love, loved Rats. Round and Round was a good song, um, very good song. However, I think there was another one that, um, and maybe you could look up this for me later, um, Rat did another great song called Lay It Down. And mm -hmm. I really love that song. That that was a definitely uh, boom and beat, just oh, unbelievable. Lay it down, lay it down. But Round and Round, I do believe, made another appearance on the 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 pop charts again um because of because of their commercial oh yeah i didn't know that yes it it, it actually came it actually came back to the top 40 um a few weeks ago uh not sure the position that it was at but it it made a comeback because of because of the geico commercial and um 
I, I do get a kick out of it when they say we have a rat problem and then they show rats, you know, they, they show rat play in this song. Uh, uh, in their in their basement it's a it's 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 quite comical it it it, it very it, it really is well they stuck to the title of their song it came around and came around again round and round so and round round and round so um you notice that i'm kind of picking a little bit here um again hint hint wink wink nudge nudge of some 80 songs that i may cover in another podcast episode that were commercial were commercial songs and oh. I heard a, I heard a couple I heard a couple today, and I was like, I remember from this commercial, I remember from that commercial, and and again we talked about Twisted and how it made an appearance in the Heineken commercial. So um, just a thought out, just a thought, everyone and Dan, just to let you know where I may be heading in in future future weeks. So hint hint, oh. wink wink, nudge nudge. All right, cool. So there were songs number one hundred through fifty one. Uh, again, courtesy of, of VH1. So um, that's our podcast for tonight. Um, but be sure to check it out that we will be covering songs 50 to number one um, in our next upcoming podcast. And uh, again, you could follow our Facebook page to see when that'll be coming up or actually subscribe to our podcasts on your favorite podcast service. And, uh, you know, be sure to check us out. And uh, Dan, thanks again uh, for coming along and uh, your insights to our our lists and and the things that we do are are mind blowing. And again, you I know you have you have a lot of great information and uh, it's appreciated. Well, great, thank you, Kevin. I really enjoy it. Me too. This is this, this is something I know that we're just starting to take off off from the ground. But I hope you guys out there in podcast land. Are enjoying and uh, I hope you can continue to keep listening and you know send us your comments send us your thoughts like I said if there you have any ideas for maybe some upcoming podcasts that you like this, us to do uh, please drop us a line we appreciate it right Dan we do for sure yes we do so much all right my friend you have a rad you have a rad Sunday and a totally awesome week dude thanks you too all right <laughs> take care everyone this is uh Kevin for the Dan and Kevin totally 80s totally 80s music signing off uh take care everyone and we'll be with you again very soon take care everybody bye Dan bye bye <laughs>